0: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new voicemails.
0: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Heyo, it's Pat Boyle, and today on the Best of the DA Show on a football Friday. The Eagles didn't look great, and yet they won again. What should we expect moving forward from the reigning NFC champions? And are the Minnesota Vikings done? We do that. Plus your best audio of the day and sound check, including Jason Kelsey being asked about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Plus, it's a tasty top five. DA previews the best of the Saturday college football slate. Plus, the Wizard of Odds. Bogus is stunned to a news. Football food of the week with Fat GPT, a target demo Friday, an epic fail. It's a football Friday. Let's go. Lock in. Best of the DA show. No better way to start your weekend. It's now.
0: We begin last night, Thursday night football in Philadelphia. Where the Eagles and Vikings went at it, it was the easiest thing to see from miles away. A Vikings team that played like garbage in week number one against the Buccaneers. Along with a Kirk Cousins-led team in a primetime standalone game. Losing on the road to a better team. And that's exactly what happened. But, lo and behold, the Vikings actually made this a game Late could not close the door, committed a bunch of turnovers early, lost the turnover battle by a great margin, and ultimately fall, falls 34-28, to 28. which means the Eagles are 2-0, oh, the Vikings are 0-2. Oh but nobody could look at Philadelphia as one of the Super Bowl favorites across the entire NFL and say they have played like a Super Bowl team. They might be 2-0, and but they have not played like the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. Will they return to Super Bowl-caliber football, or is this going to be a season-long hangover in Philadelphia? It is where we begin. You're cold open.
1: Third down and four. Into the gun. It hurts hurts his back hurts looks still looking he is going deep for smith who has it 20 10 five touchdown Devontae smith the bomb i think um everybody wants to make plays and everybody wants to contribute um, i have no worry about him you know and he's he's a he's a great player great teammate great friend and um, we'll all do it Anything and everything will win in your mind. I do know this
3: about this team. They they genuinely like being around each other, and they genuinely, genuinely, you know, the, one of their greatest motivation is not wanting to let each other down. Um, and so, you know, they want to make plays for each other. They want to do the right thing for each other, and I got no doubt that, um, you know, we'll be we'll be in a good spot uh, tomorrow moving forward.
1: Hurts calling for the ball. He gives it to Swift. Swift cuts back. He's in. Touchdown. The ugly flip. Look at that shake. He's got such an amazing shake. He starts to the left, gives that little shake. He gets the defense going that direction. That little shake puts his foot in the ground north-south and into the end zone. It was pretty good. Yeah, he, uh, he just showed a vision, explosiveness. Um,
4: you know, I thought the offensive line did a phenomenal job of pushing them off the ball um, right there. And so was really um, – Just really pleased that he protected the
0: ball. Back goes Cousins. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking. He steps forward. There are no seconds on the clock. As he throws a pop-up downfield, it's batted around. It's incomplete. The clock runs out, and the Eagles survive again. I'm putting a lot of blame on myself. Uh, Of course, you know, being the
1: captain of the team, uh, I have to know the situation, uh, take care of the ball. And, uh, you know, I was telling my teammates, you know, that was on me. It won't happen again. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. Reese and Mike Quick on
0: Eagles radio. You heard Jalen Hurts talking about A.J. Brown and his frustration. Nick Sirianni as well. And Justin Jefferson who lost a fumble out the back of the end zone originally looked like maybe it was out of bounds before it crossed the pylon, ended up coming back the other way for the Eagles. That's a crucial swing of points there. And looking at last night, the Eagles did not play their best football and walk away with another dub. And in week one in New England, did not play their best football and walked away with a dub. Sensing a pattern here. I think you will see this a bunch of times this season, certainly early. Super Bowl hangovers are real. The Philadelphia Eagles losing a Super Bowl historically tells you that they will not get back there. And I weighed that before the season when I decided who I thought was getting to the Super Bowl out of the NFC and certainly we could get to an NFC championship game NFC divisional round Eagles and Niners Niners could beat them boom you've got San Francisco in the Super Bowl instead I took the Eagles and this is why there was a, a there was a a drive last night that was kind of a must have drive for Philadelphia they were trailing 7 to 3 early in the second quarter, and they had gotten a bunch of fumbles from the Vikings who were very sloppy last night. They could only convert that into the one field goal. They stalled on one of the other drives. They missed that other field goal, and so they were trying to get traction, and the offense was was going nowhere. Early booze coming down for the crowd, which is just amazing. I mean, to me, you're you're 12 minutes into your first home game, having come off of a Super Bowl appearance... You won week one, and you're getting booed at home. Twelve minutes into your first home game, being booed. God love Philly. God love football season being back. I got such a good chuckle out of that. But there was a drive there where they took over on their own 25-yard line, and this was what the Eagles did. First and 10, DeAndre Swift for seven. Second and three, Swift for three, first down. First down... Swift for a yard. Second and nine, Swift for six. Third and three, Swift for four, first down. Now you're near midfield. First and ten, Swift for three. Second and seven, Boston Scott for six. Third and short, Boston Scott for the first down. Now you're across midfield. First and ten, Jalen Hurts goes out of bounds after eight. Second and two, Boston Scott picks up the first down. First and 10 from the Minnesota 28. Hurts throws incomplete. Second down, hits A.J. Brown for 11. Move the chains. First and 10, Vikings 17-yard line. Swift for seven. Second down, Swift for five. Now your first and goal from the five, and you punch it in on second down. Jalen Hurts goes up the middle. Touchdown. It was a we know we're good enough to just put the hand in the dirt, move you out of the way, and pound you into submission for a touchdown. And that, to me, was the moment that I took away from last night and said, that's still the same team that went to the Super Bowl last year. They've got all the best talent on the field. That roster is ridiculous. They've just got to figure out how they're going to beat you and play cleaner football. They're still great. One of the best offensive lines in football. They racked up 209 rushing yards last night. DeAndre Swift had a buck 75. And on the outside, they hit the big play to Devontae Smith for the touchdown. But they've got maybe the best wide receiver tandem in the NFC, maybe one of the best wide receiver tandems outside of Miami. I mean, A.J. Brennan, Devontae Smith, either one's going to kill you on any given play. Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate finalist last year. Hasn't played like it yet this year. But I have a feeling he's going to figure it out. Good secondary. They were banged up last night. That team, top to bottom, one of the best defensive lines in football. It's like find a weakness. And their corners were out last night. Find a weakness. They're going to be fine. And the fact that they can walk out of the first two weeks of the season having not played their best football at 2-0 tells me they're just going to kind of be like the Patriots used to be. Remember, the Patriots knew at the end of the season they were going to win the division and go to the playoffs and probably go to an AFC championship game. So Bill used the first month as experiment. Will this work? We'll do this. And they never looked great and crisp and smooth. They just tinkered with things in the first month, and I think the Eagles will do the same thing. Sirianni's not Belichick. Hurts isn't Tom Brady. But this Eagles team has more talent than most of those Patriots teams did. I mean, again, find the weakness on the team. They're going to be fine. They have to guard against sloppy football and messing around with an opponent. And I think the Super Bowl hangover, too. And they messed around with two opponents, and they had to kind of like hold on for dear life at the end. But I'm not really worried. I'm not because that was a 20-point game at one point last night. It did not need to end up with a six-point win. It was 27-7 midway through the third quarter. That didn't need to be a close game last night. And if you're like me and laid the six and a half last night with the Eagles, you're a loser! (laughs) Woo! That hook is going to kill you. That's my new slogan. We're unkillable! And the hook is going to kill you.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear It's DA Soundcheck. All right, welcome back.
0: DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. As always, you can listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide, as well as Sirius XM Channel 158, and on your phone using the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app. Soundcheck begins with the Zach Gelb Show, where former Dolphins linebacker Channing Crowder Takes on Dak Prescott and unfulfilled expectations.
1: I would pull Dak to the side if I was in the locker room. My honest assessment of Dak is he's never going to win a Super Bowl. He's not good enough. I'm not a fan of Dak. I've been I've been saying it for years. He's going he's going to mess up in the big moments. But if I was if I was a Vander Esch, who plays my position, if I was a D Law, if I was a Michael Parsons, who's a good friend of mine, I would invite him to a nice dinner. I would sit him down, Zach, and I would tell him. You're the problem of why we're not winning.
0: (laughs) Crowder's amazing. I love the idea of a bunch of big, burly, aggressive defensive players inviting Dak Prescott over to their house for a nice dinner and then jumping him, basically. (laughs) We hate you. You're why we don't win anything. You suck. Food is family. I think there's a lot of blame, certainly, at Dak's. Feet for not elevating the team when it matters most. And that includes the last two playoff losses to the San Francisco 49ers. But let's not act as though the only problem on the Cowboys is Dak Prescott. I think it's a culture thing. I think it's a culture thing where, yes, Dak has come up small in some big spots and your quarterback needs to be better there. At the same time, I don't think you can say that everything else is always airtight around the Cowboys. The culture is that they think and talk Super Bowls before they're worthy of that discussion. They have an owner that unnecessarily puts them in bizarre spots of controversy or distraction or discussion. And nothing will change because Jerry's still the owner. I love how, you know, you mentioned the
3: (laughs) they just jump them. Hey, Dak, why don't you come down to the country club we're all part of? Ninth Green, 9 o'clock. We'll see you then. Mm That's right. By the way, Zach Gelb posted that on social media, got some good play, and somebody actually responded. The Twitter handle is I'm a Dak fan, so you would think it's biased, but there's a video, actually, I think it's at Cowboys training camp. Dak runs out, and lo and behold, Channing Crowder is there, daps him up, gives him a hug, so... Throwing a little shade, even mm. though he seemed to, be, boys. seemed to be a boy of him, a fan mm-hmm. of his.
0: Interesting. Here is Zach Wilson. Guys, did the Jets sign a backup quarterback yet? No. No,
4: they apparently wanted to get Brett Rippin away from the yep. Rams because he knows Nate Hackett's system. But the Rams put him on their active roster because of
0: Stetson Bennett going off. I saw that, but we're at Friday morning of game week. And the Jets don't have a second quarterback.
4: No, they do. They have the guy that came from Green Bay, Tim Boyle. Oh, right. Okay. John so Doyle, they,
0: whatever. They've got Boyle, cousin yeah, they have, Tim. They have two, not three. They have cousin Tim. Okay, so they have a backup. That's right. I forgot they had Tim Boyle. In yeah,
4: there. he's the le- he's the least remembered contingent that came with uh, Rogers from Green Bay. Right,
0: right, right. And also the least famous Boyle. There's Pat. Right. There's Daddy. Yeah, there's Boyle Seed. Bobby Boyle? Bobby Boyle. Yes. There's Boyle Seed. And then there's Tim, who's bringing up the rear as a backup quarterback.
3: I would say even the hockey players, Dan Boyle and Brian Boyle, are more famous than Tim
0: Boyle. You're right. right. Yeah, that's true. So here's Zach Wilson, as he is now the starting quarterback on Sunday, as the Jets travel to Dallas as nine-point dogs. One
3: step at a time, one play at a time, and I think it's uh, trusting the guys around me. I think they've shown this past week you know, how explosive, how dynamic guys are, and um, relying on this good defense that we have. And um, I think it's going out there, um, taking it like I said, one play at a time. Trusting in my footwork,
0: trusting in you know what the coach has been talking about, and, and you know we'll go from there. He's gonna get shredded on Sunday, just absolutely torn bit from bit. It reminds me of those those old dolls, maybe from the '80s or something where their arms were velcroed and their legs were velcroed and their head was velcroed so like it was meant for i think like stress relief and so you could just tear their limbs and then reattach them that's going to be what happens to zach wilson on sunday they're just going to tear his arm off tear his leg off he'll be limping around as an amputee and then they'll just kind of stitch it back together and then he'll go out there next week and is this not the most predictable story arc Jets lose Aaron Rodgers within five seconds on Monday night. Season's over. Jets fans panic, collapse. Then talk themselves into Zach Wilson. Zach is our guy. We can win. Great defense. Game manager. Then they go to Dallas, lose by 28 points. Zach throws (laughs) three picks. And on Monday, I hate Zach Wilson. Season's over. We got to get somebody else. It is so obvious that this bandwagon that has added all of these Jets fans over the course of this week, by Monday morning after watching Zach Wilson turn into a puddle in Dallas as Micah Parson rips him limb from limb, will quickly disband off of that wagon. And who cares
4: about them? How about me? I've been banging the Zach Wilson drum you? all this week. Save, spare me Colt McCoy. Who needs Nick Foles? Let Zach Wilson ride. And then you remember it's Dallas this weekend. And the Chiefs in a couple of weekends. Yeah. The paths in between, so you know Belichick's gonna cook up something special. He'll see ghosts. Um, Who have you been banging? So yeah, the Zach wasn't drum. Drum. It's an oh, expression. Welcome it. back. well
3: Yeah, I just you know this you know a certain radio station in a certain location is doing well because I know how the sauce is made, and I'm still getting angry at all the delusions that I've been hearing about how Zach's gonna lead him to the playoffs and. Maybe it's just Jets fans. Hey, hey, they're going to play in January, bro. Yeah, maybe it's just Jets fans conjuring up fake, you know, optimism, which I guess you would do as a fan seeing what happened in that Monday night game against the Bills. But, D.A., you're right. He sucks. And nothing has changed from last year. And that Cowboys pass rush is going to annihilate him. When you say you know how the
0: sauce is made, what do you mean?
1: We are unkillable! Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: stuff like that to conjure up feelings of... You know, disagreement and to get people all hopped up. Like any rational person would think, okay, the Jets defense was great last year. Sure, they've had, they probably have more talent on offense, but still, you can't win in the NFL without a quarterback. And I saw more than enough that I needed to see in that Monday night game to know that Zach Wilson is not a good NFL quarterback still. So, but does that mean Josh Allen's not? Uh, he had a bad I mean, he had a terrible game. He also has a track record. He also has a track record that even when he does turn the ball over a lot, the Buffalo Bills are still more than good enough to be a playoff team. Well, we
0: also have five years no, of I Josh know. Allen of being a pretty good quarterback, and we have no evidence Zach Wilson will ever be a serviceable NFL QB.
4: But there, there, there's a strange amount of people breaking down film, telling us that Zach Wilson wasn't as bad as Boyle says he was on Monday. Oh, Who, who's saying these things? No one said he was great, but people pointing out that it was not necessarily terrible. The pick early was he bad. He a pass
3: straight up Matt Milano. I could have <laughs> yeah, made that same at, pass.
4: That was one of his first—I mean, Jalen Hurts made a terrible throw last night. Bad throws <laughs> no, happen. Jalen Hurts
3: also went to the Super Bowl. No, no, no. no I'm not, listen,
4: all, all I'm saying is bad, one bad
0: throw doesn't make a bad night. Correct. Yes. But, but if Jack does a bad update— Nobody goes, well yeah, Bogues once had a bad update. They go, all of your updates are bad. Hold on a second.
1: Hold on. Great analogy. Hold on.
0: Zach is a better quarterback
4: than Jack is an update anchor.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: That's bold. Yeah. That's That's actually the worst criticism anybody's ever levied against (laughs) (laughs) this person. (laughs) True.
3: No, but the thing is, Bogues, despite, like, I couldn't tell you, it had to have been at least 10 to 12 place. At least 10, where the pocket starts to crumble a little bit, and instead of staying in there and delivering a pass, he escapes. He, he, he escapes, panics. he panics. Yeah, and he panics. And, just, a lot. and it's literally like college football junkyard ball, where he just scrambles out, hopes somebody gets open, and then either throws it up for grabs. Or just tries to run and gets basically nothing.
4: But if you think Colt McCoy would fare better on Sunday against Dallas, he, I, would. I, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. No, he wouldn't. I saw the stat on you presented as if he had done anything spectacular. His last three games had one touchdown pass. Those
3: are all he's against not... tremendous defenses with the Arizona Cardinals, who stink. He's new. He's
4: doing no better. They're not coming any closer to winning on Sunday with anybody else playing quarterback. You're high.
0: I'm not. <laughs> Wish I was, but I'm not. <laughs> Finally. That'd be cooler. Finally. Travis Kelsey, rumored to be connected, spending quality time right now with Taylor Swift. Remember that the Chiefs tight end had tried to talk to Taylor before one of her concerts. She's affectionately known as Tay-Tay to many of her fans. He put his phone number on a bracelet and tried to pass it off to her, but she was not talking to anybody before one of her big shows. She's locked in. She's totally got Game Face on, but it seemed to work because now, reportedly, they're spending some time together here is the Eagles Center Jason Kelsey Travis's brother Jason you talk about family and my, my I have a 15 year old daughter and she's a big fan of a certain pop star and you have a family <laughs> yeah. member a brother I, yes, think. Yes. I think
1: yeah and I've been hearing rumors yes that there's Maybe some stuff. Can
0: you I, comment
2: I have on this? I've seen these rumors. I cannot comment. Damn, damn, i right, right? <laughs> got
1: be right TMZ. You, what are you, we
5: doing?
2: What, it's for my daughter, okay? What are we doing? Ever since catching Kelsey, everybody has been infatuated with Travis's love life. So um, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I know Trav is, is having fun, and uh, we'll see what happens with whoever he ends up. <laughs> I also, I also work.
0: Okay, so this is a really good clip. I'm glad we, we grabbed that. That is from Amazon Prime last night. You might be like, uh, eh, we're bringing that up after a football game. However, that's Tony Gonzalez that asked that question. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing to ask a question about who your brother's dating during a post-game interview. However, the Kelsey brothers use their podcasts to talk about personal stuff, life stuff, dating stuff and it gets them a lot of notoriety they parlay that into commercials endorsements their mom is a chunky campbell soup commercial all this stuff it has to be also free range if you get interviewed that if you use your platform for all that goofiness sometimes that goofiness you've got to be asked about. So I don't think TG was out of bounds because the Kelsey's put them out there like that, put themselves out
4: there. I, I don't even think that the Kelsey's that put themselves out there to put that question in play. And my guess is that's not how they opened the segment, right? They didn't, no, they did a no. gap, B gap, 259 rushing yards. And then at the end, you throw that in there. You have to, it's too important of a story. It's too cool of a story. And, that panel is not there for X's and O's nonstop. They're there to have fun. That's a perfect question. In fact, I'd be disappointed if one of them didn't ask him about it.
0: I, I would not have thought they would have asked Jason Kelsey. Now, Travis Kelsey, if the Chiefs played last night, I think that's. I would oh, expect I
4: that. actually think that asking Jason's a safer space because he's one person removed. Uh. It's a little more intrusive to directly ask Travis about it, nice. I think.
3: I love that the question was asked because. One way to make the NFL better and more entertaining and a little bit of reality TV spice to it.
0: And I think that question does that. And and as I said yesterday, I think that Travis Kelsey played chess as everybody else was playing checkers. He came off, as Boyle's dad might say, as a beta by putting his phone number on a bracelet and trying to pass it along to Taylor Swift. And she stiffed him, gave him the Heisman. Everybody looks at him as a dork. Like, oh my God, how pathetic. That's so lame. And yet, by doing so, even though he got early stiff-armed, he took the L, it built him some equity. That story became big. He didn't run from it. He talked about it, meaning that it would get out there so that Taylor and her representatives would hear about it. Clearly, that got back to her. She became interested. Oh, maybe I should meet this guy then. And now, it was enough. Like, you just wanted some personal time there. I think if you are if you're if you're playing out of your league, which Taylor Swift is, because I mean she's a global icon and Travis Kelsey is from an American domestic standpoint is a star, but he's not anything like Taylor Swift. If you're gonna play out of your league, you've got to do something like this that's gonna catch the attention so that you get the one moment to get one on one with that person and try to win them over. And he did so by looking like a loser early, but getting that quality time late to then win her.
4: You know, I heard you say that yesterday. I, it's hard for me to think that anybody would have the foresight to go, I'm going to win in the end here no matter what. Either she takes the bracelet on that, not an arrowhead, and things go from there, or the story spreads and one of her friends tells her about You're me. and then I,
0: the, the strategy. Yeah, I, The I strategy, geez, Travis Kelsey didn't go up to Taylor Swift at, the SPs and, and try to kick it to her. Yo, you know, I'm Kelsey. Check out my ring. What up? You want to go to the to go to the club or whatever? Uh-uh. He took sensitive route, okay? Bracelet, you know, phone number. Yeah. And try to, like, get that thing, which is kind of a lame-o move. That's not a machismo. It's not like an alpha-type move. But he did that knowing if he's going to get the hook on Taylor Swift, it has to be something sensitive like that. And willing to take the L if it went public, and it did, and he and he wore it. Like, how many of us would wear being stiffed if you were a celebrity by uh, a woman? A lot of, like, alpha males will not admit that, that, oh, I could get any girl that I want. He wore it, and it made him look bad early. But he was willing to, and it paid dividends late.
4: Okay, but you don't think that he was thinking, no matter what, like, I'm going to get the backdoor cover here. Whether she, If she doesn't take the <laughs> bracelet... She's going to be told about the story, and that's going to get me in that way. I don't think
0: he could have guaranteed that, but that was a potential positive outcome of this. Okay,
3: I've enjoyed how you've broken this down, and I, I would say this. Ultimately, let's be honest. They're both trying to use each other for a little bit of extra fame and notoriety,
0: right? But Taylor Swift doesn't need Travis Kelsey.
3: She might not need Travis Kelsey, but think about it. How many alpha males listen to Taylor Swift?
0: Wow, so you think she is leveraging his audience. She's
3: leveraging the football fan base. Think about how many people see, how many Chiefs fans specifically, that maybe not, you know, Taylor Swift seems like she's got a billion fans. Well, maybe she wants a billion more, right? So now you levy, you leverage the NFL fan base demographic. You pull in Kelsey. You make it think like, yeah, we got a little something going on. Cheese fans, hey, we got Taylor Swift in our corner. You know what? I didn't like her. Now she's dating our star, all-pro all pro tight end. Okay, sure. I'll listen to some Taylor Swift. Boom. couple extra hundred thousand fans there. Maybe football fans in general. They're like, oh, okay, she likes football guys. I only thought she liked skinny, you know, British actors or singers. <laughs> now I'm going to give her a chance. And meanwhile, Travis Kelsey, of course, he pulls in all the fan base from Taylor Swift. He does the friendship bracelet. Right, he's you know puts on that sensitive side. It's huge for him. He wears the L. He he pulls in Taylor Swift fans. There's a billion
0: people that have now heard of Jason Kell or Travis Kelsey that have never heard of him before. There you go. Yeah, I live
4: with two of them. My wife and my daughter didn't know who he was. Right, and then every eight year old girl
0: in America or the world now knows who Travis Kelsey is, and they're heartbroken if that's his her new boyfriend. Why would they be would they'll be heartbroken? Well, that's the thing here. Tony Gonzalez said in this interview or in that question, I need to know for my daughter. I think there's a lot of young girls out there that kind of envision this kind of princess lifestyle that Taylor Swift lives and wants the idea that she's dating other royalty. So when it's one direction or it's actors like you're talking about, I can see them in rom-coms. And like that's they they don't they don't want her with some. Big, ugly dude, you know, not that he's ugly, but like, you know, just meathead. Yeah. They don't want her with a meathead. Like now I'm not saying that he is, but I think there's a lot of investment emotionally for young women of like, well, who's she dating? And is, is he good enough? Because her heart's been broken so many times. Yeah. He's got to, if
4: this is real, he's got to be careful because if he messes this up, they're going to come for him. And then she's going
0: to write a song about That's it. That's Right. Who is the tougher audience on social? Is it Swifties on the guy that breaks up with her uh, of Taylor Swift? Or is it the Jets fans crushing Mraz right now? Oh.
4: <laughs> I, think, I think there's more Swifties. Swifties. The Swifties yeah. have
3: numbers. Right. The Jets fans on Mraz have vitriol <laughs> right. that you cannot match. Anybody against Mraz right now has vitriol. Right. And are throwing every insult in the book. One guy by the name of Juan Pierre on Twitter. I've become uh, aware of his tweets at Miraz. Not the former Marlins no.
0: speedster. Are we sure though? <laughs> uh,
3: I'm pretty sure because he said, "Oh, you live on Bayshore." Speaking of Long Island, he goes, "I'll keep an eye out." So now Miraz is getting
4: threats
0: by Juan Pierre. By Juan Pierre, of all people. Because he's telling the Jets that their season's over. It couldn't have been Dontrell Willis. It had to be Juan Pierre. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Every week, D.A. gives you his most appetizing college football games. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. It's the Tasty Top 5.
2: I'm tasty. All right, everybody.
0: Welcome back. The D.A. show is available to watch every single day on YouTube, on Twitch, and at WatchDA.com. I'm going to tell you this right now. Guys, if you're wondering what Saturday of the college football season you can afford to miss... This is it. You want to go do something nice with the family tomorrow? Do it. Apple picking, pumpkin picking, Saturday soccer, rec league, football, whatever with the kids. Go out to David Buster's, get some pizza and wings. This is a pretty dreadful college football slate. To even find five tasty games was a struggle. We have not started most of conference play yet. And all of the good early season non-conference matchups have basically already happened. So, I say this with the advice. If you've got a honey-do list, got to clean the garage, got to make sure this, that, or the other things done with the lawn before the the leaves start falling, do it tomorrow. Because there's nothing that you have to watch. We start with number five, the tastiest matchup of the weekend. It's in the Big Ten as Penn State number seven travels to Champaign, Illinois to take on the Fighting Illini. This is a 14 and a half point spread as the Nittany Lions are favored by more than two touchdowns. It's a noon Eastern kick on Fox. The only reason that I put this on there is because James Franklin's Nittany Lions have a tendency to lose a bad game, usually in conference. And a Brett Bielema, Illinois team is never easy. They're going to try to play physical, slow it down. Sometimes that'll get into the Penn State heads. So watch out for this game, maybe being a little bit of a struggle for Penn State. They're much better than Illinois, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is kind of an ugly Big Ten game on the road for the Lions. So there could be a little bit of drama in this. That's my number five. Tasty. Number four is the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Colorado State traveling to Boulder to take on Colorado. That's where game day will be tomorrow, as well as the big noon pregame show on Fox as well. But Colorado's ranked number 18. They're a 24-point favorite. This is a late kick, 10 o'clock Eastern time at ESPN. We all assume that Colorado takes care of business early. If they don't, it'll be embarrassing because now they have a personal vendetta as well after... Coach Norvell took a shot at Dion's glasses and hat. We'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but I fully expect the Buffaloes to romp, and so there's not going to be much of a game to watch, but because it's Colorado and because of the trash talk, we'll put it at number four. Number three is a sneaky good game because these two schools were Big 12 rivals for a long time before Mizzou left for the SEC. Summer 15, Kansas State traveling to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers. That's a noon Eastern kick on SEC Network. K-State is a four-point favorite in this game. It's got Big 12 history. It's not far away of a drive for K-State fans to travel to go to Como, Columbia, Missouri, great college town. And so there's... Vestiges of the past. This used to be a really fun rivalry in series. Missouri and Kansas obviously are border states. Uh, so it's maybe a three-and-a-half-hour drive between the two or so. So it's a it's a cool old-school matchup. Love that they're playing against one another. Maybe not a lot of national juice, but it should be a fun game. K-State's well coached. They're on the road at Mizzou. Make that number three. Number two on paper would have been a really cool non-conference matchup. Number eight, Washington traveling to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. But Mel Tucker now suspended. So they don't have their head coach to the sidelines. The number is huge. Michigan State is catching 16 and a half at home in this game. I also never put a number two tastiest game, which is broadcast on Peacock, but that's the case here this weekend. This is a Peacock game, five o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Let's see how Michael Penix, a big time quarterback for Washington, a West Coast team, Pac-12 does going on the road. That's my number two. I'm tasty. And my number one tastiest match of the weekend is again, it's a, it's a ranked team against an unranked team, but. It's got history. Tennessee, number 16, travels to the swamp to take on Florida. Seven o'clock Eastern kick on ASPN. This will be the one game that I really need to sit down to watch start to finish, and luckily it happens at night. Tennessee, the six point favorite. Last two years, Florida's put gobs of yards and points up on Tennessee, but the Vols are a much better team this year, and Billy Napier desperately needs a signature win. So that is my number one tastiest game.
5: I'm tasty.
0: So as you all know, the Mraz executive producer search continues. And until we sew that up, we're not going to do a picks competition. We want to make sure that whoever is installed as the permanent executive producer will be able to, to do picks and maybe do it against Mraz or we'll see. So in the meantime, we're only doing for the up the gut part. We're only doing the football food of the week. But you know, last week seemed to be a real win. You know, we we kind of thought about this, and me and Cap went into the lab and tried to think, you know, what would be a a good way to salute Mraz's football food of the week? I mean, Mraz and I had been together for nearly 11 years, and every Friday during football season, he would give us another recipe. Now, by the time we got to, like, year six, he was just ripping recipes online from – any number of a bunch of places that he did absolutely no work and would rarely if ever actually make the football food of the week. But I mean, it was the spirit of the segment. So we thought, well, who could do even less work? And we said that maybe us, maybe us. And so we've been playing around with some AI stuff, Cap and I, for a few months now and thought, how about if we just dialed AI to make a cyborg Moraz, And we use that to deliver the football food of the week. And the light bulbs went off above our heads, and it was like, let's get to work here. And so it's a bit of a Frankenstein type thing because, you know, you import Moraz audio, and then it spits it out, and it doesn't always have the right Moraz cadence, but it tends to learn Moraz pretty well. We kind of imported a bunch of Moraz segments and football food of the week stuff. We had it listen to the the year of the buffoon a couple of times. The first few times didn't really know it was it was hearing. The next few times we we fed it year of the buffoon. Where did the salt go? Columbus was a pilgrim. You know, uh, John and Mary were also um, Adam and Eve. So Joseph and Mary rather. So we we kind of keep feeding it and it's learning Moraz little by little by little and. I think by the end of the season, we're really going to have a pretty good mirage, but it's, it's working seemingly. So why don't we cue up a little week two? your football food of the week?
1: Puffiness with football. Mraz gives you his NFL picks every week. It's Up the Gut, only on the DA Show. Now, again, keep in mind you're going
0: to hear this, and it's not quite the Moraz cadence, but it's learning Mraz-isms pretty good. It's It really is picking up some of, like, how Mraz would speak and his little isms at the end of sentences, exclamation points. So what we are going to do is use Ravens-Bengals this week. Ravens in Baltimore, Crab Crab Cake, Bengals Cincinnati, Skyline Chili. We are putting them together and giving you a crabby Chili Crunch. We used AI. This is Fat GPT with your Football Food of the Week. Hey there, D-Aliens and
6: fellow foodies, and welcome to the Football Food of the Week with me, Sean Morash. Touchdown, Tummy Pleaser, The yummy, chubby, crabby pile-up. This is like a food hug where spicy chili and crab cakes team up for a big, tasty wrestling match in a sea of cheesy goodness. So, here's how you whip up this awesome, uh, yummy thing. First, get yourself a couple of pounds of that tasty, fatty beef. You know, the 80-20 stuff. Throw it in a big hot pan and let it sizzle away like a chef who knows what's good. Then, toss in some kidney beans. Kidney beans? My fat doctor said I have the kidneys of a 13-year-old girl. A couple of cans of chili with no beans, who needs them? And some crushed tomatoes, because why not? Spice it up with two tablespoons of chili powder. Now, while that chili's getting all cozy in the pot, let's talk crab cakes, my friends. You're going to need 1.5 pounds of lump crab meat, which is like the king of crab. You heard me wrong. No, you heard me right. King crab, stone crab, it doesn't matter. Just grab something that looks like Sebastian from The Little Mermaid and toss it in the pot. Mix it up with a cup of mayo, another cup of crushed potato chips. Yes, you heard me right. Half a cup of melted butter, buttery bliss, and half a cup of shredded mozzarella cheese, cheese jackpot. Shape them into patties like a delicious defensive line ready to tackle your taste buds. While those crab cakes are getting all crispy and happy in the hot tub of oil, it's time to prepare the ultimate chili playground. Ladle that chili into a big bowl. It's your culinary touchdown field. Skyline Chili is successful, but it actually sucks. Kind of like Zach Taylor. Then pile on cheddar cheese, sour cream, like a loyal foodie fan club, bacon bits, bacon makes everything better, and a whole lot of nacho cheese sauce. Finally, put those crispy crab cakes right on top of the chili throne. It's like... They're the champions of flavor. Grab a fork, dive in, and let your taste buds do a touchdown dance while you watch the game.
0: Let me tell you, that actually is Mraz's best recipe ever. Crab cakes on top of chili actually sounds absolutely delicious. Crabby chili crunch. Touchdown tummy dance.
3: Touchdown tummy Touchdown.
4: dance. I mean, I'm still sticking with pulled pork and peach pie, and we had pulled pork in the Bogish house yesterday, but I could not find peach pie. Oh uh-huh. yeah,
3: you didn't you didn't put it on peach pie. I Bogues? couldn't
4: find. I tried. I looked real quick. Didn't know it was being made. Didn't have any real prep time to for the pulled pork to get the peach pie. So the quick search came up and fruitless, pun intended. Uh, so I'm sticking with that. You can enjoy your crab cake
0: and chili. Okay, but even if this is not as good in your mind, yeah. I mean, Fat GPT is starting to nail it, is it not? It is. And again, it's
4: just, it's at the same time
0: unnerving. I mean, how, how does Fat GPT come up with, you heard me wrong, no, you heard me right? Exactly. <laughs> I know. This is... It's, it does Sean picking, better than the
4: real Sean. It's picking
3: up Mirazisms. It's learning fast, it's which learning. is alarming.
4: Well, does it mean though that it's learning it, it has learned him the best and the easiest because he's so simple? Are the rest of us complex and yeah. it would take
0: more for Fad GPT to get a read on us? I think so. I think Moraz was the most predictable personality. Okay. What he would say, how he would deliver it, the types of things. So I think yes, it's easier to learn something that is more predictable, simplistic as you say. So it, it knows the rhythm, it knows what he might say when he might say it. So the, the
3: real question is: will Fat GPT, will the AI Moraz soil himself next week during <laughs> Football Food of the Week? Because then it really will nail him. How much
4: can Fat GPT learn? Like, can we get to a point where it already spits out a recipe as Sean based on a football matchup from Sunday without
0: us having to ask it to do Probably. it. Probably. Because it knows what we're asking. Yeah, we're not there yet. But again, the more you do it, the more it learns. And Cap and I have been working on this now for two weeks. And we were kind of shocked. Like, whoa, this took a pretty big step forward. But it came up with <laughs> it came up with <laughs> Skyline chilies like Zach Taylor, successful, but it actually sucks. That's something that he would say. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's making some big leaps forward. Uh, Take anything that looks like Sebastian from The Little Mermaid and throw it in a pot. It's learning Meraz, knowing that most of Meraz's education comes from Disney. Boy,
4: earmuffs. Um, DA, you don't need to find a new Sean. You could save money. Maybe redistribute it to me, you well, and Pete. And just have ch- FAD GPT sitting at you. Yeah, the
0: key is you don't have to worry about me wanting to pocket the money. Corporate might love the solution. <laughs> I love not love having to it. Don't say it too loud. <laughs> it's okay. Nobody's listening. Corporate's not listening. FAD GPT is starting to get a little scary. And by the time we get later on to the season, I don't know. Mraz heard it and thought it was spooky. Yeah, he, he listens in the morning, and he was like, "Wow, that's that's pretty crazy." I'm
4: asking you to not ever do this for me. The only thing, right? Because it renders us all. Irrelevant. No, I just don't want to hear it. Oh. You can take my job, whatever. It's uh, this, my job. <laughs> take is, my job or whatever. I'm already on borrowed time. This job, <laughs> it, specific, you know, bigger picture in the industry. There are fewer and fewer updates by the day, basically. So I get it. I just don't want to hear AI me. I don't that want to hear that. You. I'm yes.
3: on borrowed time yeah. here. <laughs> That's
4: I don't the even line like hearing. I don't like hearing my voice on my like on my answering machine on my voicemail. I don't want to hear it doing
0: sports stories. And that is the great irony in what we do. Nobody really likes hearing their voice. If you're on a home movie camera, if you're on your own cell phone or somebody else's cell phone, answering machine back in the day, whatever, people are like, "Oh, I don't like my own voice." That's basically everybody across the board. Even broadcasters such as ourselves who talk for a living and it's archived everywhere, we also don't like how we sound.
4: Yeah, and at least if you don't like your voicemail, your outgoing message, and that's it, that's the end of your problems, no big deal. But I need to listen to my voice a lot to go over things, try to get better when I'm trying to get a job, I'm gonna sending things out. And I think it all sucks because my voice is involved in it. <laughs> At least you have a quick out if it's just your phone. It's my <laughs>
0: livelihood that I have to listen to, and I hate it. The only thing that Fat GPT's not hitting is Muraz's New York accent. Correct. He's saying crab instead of crab.
4: But I, isn't that just like another
3: keystroke or two?
0: It might be. We have like,
3: to. Do you spell crab like input into the algorithm? Spell yeah,
0: we'll things lie. that end with
3: an A, like an ah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing. It's not hitting the New York accent. But other than that, it's getting scary good. (laughs) Getting scary good. Bogues' headlines. The dumbest rule in football. One of the
4: dumbest in sports reared its ugly head last night in Philly.
1: Pass left. Caught Jefferson. Five. Reaches for the end zone. And he's short. Justin caught it at the 5-yard line, and he got down to the
4: 1. Paul Allen on Vikings Radio didn't notice that Justin Jefferson fumbled the ball over the pylon into the end zone. So instead of a Viking touchdown or a field goal, the Eagles got the ball, drove for Jake Elliott's 61-yard field goal at the halftime buzzer. Philly led by six the break instead of possibly trailing. Kirk Cousins thinks he could have avoided the entire situation
3: i'm gonna be hard on myself right i'm gonna say look that ball shouldn't have stopped him you know the ball stops him so he has to go up and get it and has to pull through what if i threw a perfect ball what if it had dropped right in the bucket maybe he runs in untouched so Again, going back to we don't even have to have that moment if I can throw a perfect pass and drop it in the bucket to him.
4: Maybe Cousins should have made a better throw, but I will never understand this rule. I don't know why the defense gets the ball without actually recovering it. Jefferson's fumble, one of four. you could put
0: it out the 20-yard line and offense retains possession. Or just put it where he last had it. Put it on the two. Last possession.
4: Yeah, if he fumbles on the five and it goes out of bounds right there, they keep it there? Right. I just I don't understand why the defense benefits from this. I know. Yeah, it's a backwards rule. Yep. Uh, the fumble from Jefferson, one of four lost by the Vikings last night, raising their total to seven through two games. Despite the mistakes, they only lost by six in Philly, 34-28. Their other main issue is the Eagle run game, 259 yards on the ground, 175 of that plus a score from DeAndre Swift. Jalen Hurts fell across the goal line, twice for points. On the injury report around the NFL, Austin Eckler has missed both Charger practices so far this week with a bad ankle, but Chase Young put in a full workout yesterday in Washington, his first since suffering a stinger in their first preseason game. And the NFL has formed a new subcommittee of owners to consider changing the rules for buying a team, in particular, majority owners currently need to control at least 30% of the club, but that's getting harder to accomplish because team values are
0: so high. Wow, there's some there's some clubs that the majority owner doesn't even have 30. No, no, no. Now
4: you have to. Have, that's the that's the minimum. Now yeah.
0: they want to lower that
4: because if you're paying six or seven billion dollars, yeah. it's hard to be able to have. That money to get to thirty percent of that.
0: Wow! So you you'll be able to own a team as majority owner with less than thirty percent. With less than a third of the team, yeah. Wow. Yep. That's
4: surprising. Uh, it is a huge series in the AL East. The first place O's hosting the second place Rays for four games. The opener went to the visitors.
2: Three one is hit high in the air and deep to center. This has a chance. Mullins back at the wall leaps and it's gone. Wow. Luke Raley with the bomb
0: to center field. The Rays are back on top at 4-3 to on the 7th.
4: That's from Rays Radio. Luke Raley's solo shot giving them the lead for good. The Tampa Bay bullpen, four perfect innings. They've now gone 34 frames Without allowing an earned run, the 4-3 win has the Rays a game back in the division. The Rangers smoked the Blue Jays 9-2 for a four-game sweep in Toronto. Texas now a half game behind Idle Houston in the AL West. The Jays falling a game and a half behind the Mariners for the last AL wild card. There was college football last night. Number 22 Miami ran past Bethune-Cookman, 48-7, and Navy lost at Memphis, 28-24. Their AAC... Reportedly making progress on adding Army as a football-only member, the final decision could come in the next two weeks. If it happens, the Army-Navy game would remain a non-conference game played on its usual date. Is that significant to make sure it's non-conference? Uh, I well, because I, I think the AAC you don't play everybody every year, so they would so they would put that keep that game aside, keep it as is, keep it in the whatever the, the second week of December, and it wouldn't affect your your cycle through the conference.
0: Right. Okay. That makes sense. Also, it's played in a day that there's no other college football. So right. it would be hard to have a conference game after the conference is decided. Right. Exactly. <laughs> after the conference championship game. Well, that's, that's the only thing I don't, I didn't read yesterday is they do
4: have a conference championship game. Do they not? And theoretically they one do. of them could be in it. They do. They do. But is that the weekend? It would be the weekend before I would think. So that would be this game is after everything. This game is usually after
0: yeah, it's everything. It's usually
3: the first week of December.
0: But it's the weekend after the conference championship game. Yeah.
3: Correct.
0: Yeah. So you so Army or Navy could play in the ACC Championship AAC right. Championship game and then the next week play each other. Right. <laughs> uh
4: and finally I think here, why don't we Woo-hoo! let's get stunned. Yeah!
1: doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy.
6: This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show
1: to a news. The DA Show is stunned to a news.
4: Let's meet the British Boyle. This young lad was flying with his lady friend earlier this month to Ibiza, and they decided to start the party on the plane. The couple goes into the bathroom together. Now, I don't know if the other passengers notice right away, if the couple was in there for too long, and or maybe being a little bit loud. But the rest of the plane definitely knows something is going on. So we get a viral video of a very cautious, embarrassed male flight attendant at the bathroom door. Being egged on oh, by passengers no. to open it.
3: <laughs> no! 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 <laughs> uh,
4: the scream, and maybe you heard the thud underneath it, is the door opening so everybody can see the guy. Standing behind the lady in the middle of doing something very oh naughty. My. And he reaches and slams the door closed once again. Dog! I mean... <laughs> now, apparently, they came out of the bathroom. Ha ha ha. The plane was met by police when it landed in Ibiza. Is it's that It's unclear right? if there are any actual charges or arrests. Uh, but at the very least, this couple... And everybody in England, uh, I guess they were ID'd fairly quickly, or at least the man was. People now know that this particular guy got caught with a girl in the plain bathroom, and it's there for everybody to see.
0: It's really graphic, too. He yeah. swings open the door, and the there's guy, only one thing they could be doing. The guy is behind the nice lady, in, and the nice lady is pressed up against that little sink, and she is definitely not washing her hands. No.
3: Boil. I go in a urinal, I go
0: in the stall. wherever. <laughs> have you had this experience?
3: No, no. It's a bucket list to join the Mile High Club, and these <laughs> folks are brave enough to do it. Uh, police notified? I mean, are we kidding? Is it actually illegal to have relations on a plane?
0: Is to it get after it? To knock
3: some boots together? That's illegal.
0: exposure once they open up the door?
3: Well, that's his fault. Don't open the door,
4: pal. But-
0: Oh, maybe occupancy? Is that a
4: violation? Maybe. If, if, they, if they were in there for too long and it was like disrupting the flight to some extent because they had to like figure oh, out what was happening in there? Mom. Maybe. what
3: do we to
0: the What are we doing? We're doing Molly and Coke and shrooms there. That is true. <laughs> like, and you look at the video of this flight. and Everyone's like, "Yeah, dude, yeah." yeah they're dude. all holding drinks, and then everybody, and then they all cheer when the door opens up. I mean, this this is like a spring break flight. Yes, they, exactly.
4: They they knew what was going on in there before they opened the door,
0: and the whole flight is just a bunch of people probably already drinking and drugging and getting ready for Ibiza.
3: Exactly. You're going to Ibiza. You're going there for one thing and one thing only. So why not kick it off? Well, a little boot knock. And you know what? It should be illegal to not have sex on the plane oh, if you're okay. going to Ibiza.
0: Okay. It's like Virgin Airlines. They just use that as their slogan. We'll, <laughs> we'll turn you.
3: Yes. <laughs> Will, you have to have sex on the plane if you're going to Ibiza.
0: <laughs> Carlos Alcaraz like really
3: that. appreciate
4: your pronunciation. Yeah, really Thank you.
3: To your, very authentic.
4: Thank you. Have you been to Ibiza at least?
3: No, but when I went to... Who can the afford grief? that? When I went to the, what's it called? Amalfi Coast in Italy. Right. They had the the one, we rented a car. And while I'm driving up like the mountains, going like 70 miles an hour, swerving, and there's like cars blurring past me on the other end, and I'm like fearful that I'm going to die. The only thing that kept my heart rate sane was the radio station that played like club music. And, and between every song, I think it was called, the radio station was Club Ibiza. <laughs> But every, you know, in between every song, it would just would be like a three drum beat. And it would go, Ebita. And that was between, and then the next club song would come on. And I'd be like, all right, I'm maybe not going to die here. So that's, that's why I always call it Ibita. And if you're going to Ibita and you're not having sex on the plane going to Ibita, you're doing it wrong. You should be
0: Ibitan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A very happy Target Demo Friday to you, everybody. You can let us know where you are, how you're listening, and what your football food of the week is going to be by finding the meme on Twitter and on Facebook of some dude named John Madden holding a video game in a Darth Vader costume alongside a skunk and BT... Screaming that they are unkillable. If you don't understand those references, you haven't listened to enough DA show this week. By the way, thanks to Greg in Des Moines for reminding me that the nickname for AI-generated meraz from Fat GPT was the Porkinator. The Porkinator. So we can go with that until further notice. The AI-generated Moraz football food of the week recipes, the Porkinator. Okay, guys, time for... The winner today.
3: I'm a what?
1: A wizard. Who's the wizard of odds? It's DA.
3: It's the wizard
1: of odds. The odds are that you'll be a winner today. The wizard is here. Make you feel okay. Hey, hey,
0: hey. Hey, welcome back to the wizard. It's a fresh start. Yeah, you know, sometimes you want to leave parts of your history in the past. Maybe a uh, move school districts, relocate to a new job, transfer to a new college. You just you want a fresh start. That's what the wizard wants today, a fresh start. The wizard had great intentions last week, but unfortunately took a over Went over for 4 on his picks. But Feeling good and doing well today, to be honest. I feel good, and I'm doing well. We begin on the college side of things. I was just talking about this game, Washington traveling to East Lansing. Now, on the surface, no Mel Tucker. Washington's a top-ten team. Michael Penix is awesome. But the number's fat. It's a fat number. It's a very full, blubbery, puffy digit. It's 16 and a half. I'm taking the Spartans plus 16 and a half. First of all, Harlan Beddett, who's the interim head coach, has been part of the program for 15 years. So he's not a newbie. Number two, Huskies have had very one-dimensional offense the first two weeks, passing only. Try to slow that down. You keep it close. And Mark D'Antoni, Mark D'Antonio, is gonna be in the house associate head coach for this game. Little juice, little wisdom. Pac-12 team on the road in Michigan catching, and they get, they're laying 16 and a half points on the road and a tough place to play. Yeah, you know, I, I like Sparty playing plus 16 and a half there. Tennessee and Florida. One thing we can guarantee is that Tennessee is focused. Tennessee is desperate, and Tennessee's offense is going to show up. The last couple of years, Tennessee and the Gators have just traded blows, and I think the same thing's going to happen tomorrow. Now, Tennessee has not won in Gainesville since 3 3 Since Philip Fulmer, Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, and Jeremy Pruitt all have lost at the Swamp. I think they change that tomorrow, but also, they're going to be desperate for this. This isn't a real motivational moment for Tennessee. And they messed around with Austin P last week. And I think that that was the wake-up call they needed. So I think Tennessee's offense comes to play. Florida's offense traditionally has played well against Tennessee. I like the over on this. It's a, it's a big number, 58-and-a-half. But I think either both teams are scoring a lot or Tennessee scored a lot, a lot. Give me the over on 58-and-a-half for Tennessee, Florida.
2: It's the Wizard of Oz.
0: To the NFL side. I told you last week, you always fade the flock. The Arizona Cardinals are absolute dog food. They're going to be dog food. Now, granted, Washington laid seven, did not win by the full touchdown. But think about this, this one. The Giants are going out to Arizona embarrassed, humiliated by the Cowboys on Sunday night football, 40 to nothing. They're upset. They're mad. And Arizona is probably just happy that they stayed in that game last week against Washington. Give me an angry Giants team going to Arizona and winning by a touchdown or more. I don't think this game is very close. I don't think the Giants are a great team, but the Wizard believes that they will win by a touchdown or more. So it's Giants minus four on Sunday. It's the Wizard of Hugs, And finally, the Packers. Now, you saw how impressive the Pack was last weekend. Jordan Love was dynamic against the Bears, and the Packers looked great. Now, they're getting points in Atlanta on Sunday. Falcons are favored by one and a half. This is a fishy line. You're like, well, what? why is that? And I think that there's a lot of people that just really believe the Falcons are going to be a very good team this year, that Arthur Smith's a good play caller, Bijan Robinson looked great last week on that touchdown, and that, you know, maybe the Packers are a little fugazy. that that was a high, high point for them, but they'll kind of come back down to earth. I have felt all along like the Packers are going to be really good this year. Well, at least playoff good. I picked them to win the wild, win a wild card spot. And I don't think last week was a fluke. I think they're going to be good. And I think they're a better team than the Falcons. I'm not that high on the Falcons as other people are. If I'm getting points with the Packers against a team that I don't even think is going to win their own division in the Falcons, I'm taking those points. Give me the Packers plus one and a half for the four-pack going into this football weekend. It's the Wizard of Odds. Wizard of Oz. And hey, the Wizard went 0-4 last week, so if you want to fade all four picks and make some money yourself, that's fine too. Either way, it's all good. I'm just trying to make you cold, hard cash.
2: So many different emotions on so many different levels. I don't
0: know, Boyle. You're a college football guy such as myself and such as the Wizard. That 16 and a half is a big fat plump juicy digit
3: yeah she's a fatty she's a fatty for sure um but i think that with how michigan state even being 2 and 0 how they've looked so far not very good i mean they you know they blew out central michigan i guess you could say they blew out richmond they are at home you would think this is their biggest this is their biggest non conference game of the year it's Washington's defense that is that would enable Michigan State to cover. Michigan State traditionally a good running team, so they're obviously going to want to eat up a lot of clock. Keep I mean, it if, tight. Yeah, keep it close. Washington ugly it up. If Washington only has, let's say, what nine possessions versus you know maybe like twelve or thirteen when the when it's a shootout. Yeah, that the less possessions, the less chances they have of scoring
0: the football. You'd think. I think Washington will be slightly frustrated in this game, and I think it's more like a 12-point win instead of a 16-20. to Get in your last licks on Target Demo Friday, and I'll read those coming up here on the show after the break. Bouncing Baby Boy, who started this huge controversy this week, tweets, Should it have been Kirk Cousins on the Madden cover this year? Hashtag the curse is real. No, his stats are great. Empty calories, though. When we come back on the show, <laughs> what drugs are Kirk Cousins on, Boyle?
5: Uh,
3: I would say Ozempic. We'd
4: say like Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> <grapes>.
3: hey, i <laughs> eat All my life, I've wanted purple grapes. I take Flintstones vitamin gummies.
0: Have they made them gummies now for Flintstones?
4: Yeah. No, you oh, take nice. Flint stoned gummies. <laughs> Different thing.
3: Nah, I'm not a gummy guy. <laughs> really? Natural. All natural. Yeah, what? what does that mean? You
4: smoke it? You just lay on you? What do you mean Oh, natural? <laughs> what, what would you presume that to be? I don't think lighting it on fire necessarily <laughs> constitutes natural. I would think actually eating it is the more natural <laughs> the more natural process.
3: No. All right. No. Do you think that Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin were eating pot (laughs) in the
0: 1700s? Maybe, but not in gummy form.
3: Well, based on this show's knowledge of
4: history, they didn't have ovens then to cook anything.
0: (laughs) Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson (laughs) eating pot. (laughs) Next on the DA show. (laughs)
3: We had Ben Franklin on the show. Maybe we can
5: ask him.
0: This is your 1787 football food of the week. So mix up your porridge, add a a scoop of baking flour, and then eat your pot. It'll taste great. We're going to put some THC oil in that porridge. Watch out for bear attacks in the yard. Perhaps a red coat or two. Yeah. Keep the scurvy away. Eat your pot. (laughs) Just eat that pot as you sit down to watch. (laughs) Opening day kickoff, 1787.
3: The admirals versus the generals.
2: (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: It's a Friday fiesta. Here's what our listeners in the Target demo are up to. Okay,
0: we begin with Senor Patleg. Start of the car, loaded Odyssey. It's your earth, wind, and fire bump. And now I'm pumped up to get this day behind me and start the weekend. Booskies, football, food, Madden football, peaked in 76. So what's everyone worked up about? Boomer sooner, go Browns. Get up! Iron Man Sean watching now on YouTube after a quick pump this morning at the Iron Paradise in South Carolina. Football food of the week, buffalo chicken pizza from Mellow Mushroom.
3: Please Google it. Please YouTube it. Whatever you got to do.
0: Fully Ohio listening in Hubbard, Ohio on the Odyssey app, getting over the back-to-school bug, finally feeling good and doing well. Just in time for the weekend. Closing up the pool, then football all weekend. Go Brownies. Go out, cast the Social Security check, have a good time, Ostrugi- step off a curb, get hit by a bus. Ostragize in crisp Fayetteville watching on Twitch. We're making chili cheese biscuits for Sunday. Crab will be nowhere near them. Get
1: your act together.
0: That sounds good. Jay. Is listening at work on Odyssey. My football food is our local bar's buffalo dip with five cheeses and shredded chicken. Also, future prediction, Super Bowl ads, Kelsey and T-Swift together, and a dorky State Farm ad. I'd like to have a cheeseburger. With Andy Reid playing Cupid. Interesting. Backwards Brian watching on Twitch in North Carolina. Not sure my football food would be payday. Got to do some grocery shopping. I do know Chinese takeout is for lunch today. Go O's, Panthers, Wildcats, Bears, and Hawks. I notice it. JP is on Odyssey and Boise. I'm a Boise State fan and a New York Giants fan, so I will be eating Prozac this weekend.
1: We are unkillable!
0: Timbo Slice. Watch it on Twitch in Canada. In honor of Boyle, Sopranos outfit today, I'm going to have some gobble ghoul. Hashtag gobble over here. Boyle oiled by itself. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. Big Lair is listing in beautiful Twin Falls, Idaho on Twitch. Looking forward to Boise State finally getting a win. Also, Niners victory. Lots of laughs this week with Madden. Hashtag, have fun with your sarcasm. I have dementia. Lukewarm Churro, listening in Boise as well on 95.3 while driving to work. Food this weekend. Buffalo chicken dip with hard cider. Hopefully, I need to see a win. You need to eat like this. It's so succulent and delicious. Dixieland Dan, listing on Twitch Gang, it's my daughter Kenzie's 7th birthday weekend. We are grilling some fat t bone tonight. Tomorrow, huge bouncy house, water sprinkler, and two 3-foot square 80-slice pizzas. How about a fat GPT? Happy birthday. Hashtag beat me up.
1: Stop
2: walking around work like a loser.
1: <laughs>
0: Drew, I have no idea what the prior conversation was, but peaches are in season right now because I just had pulled pork with homemade peach crisp last night. Maybe that would provide the desired textures.
5: I just don't like them. Mm.
0: King Curtis, so now you're telling me the guy who invented the candy bar also played baseball. Holy smokes, what's going on here? Hashtag the curse of Bambi.
1: It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Link
0: up podcast. Mraz gets all the attention. Meanwhile, Pat Boyle is the player on the team filling up the stat sheet and nobody's talking about him. Hashtag MVP of the show.
5: I'll show up at the airport with a nice BMW convertible to pick you up. How's that sound? Come back,
0: kid. Not all that impressed with that. DA, you don't know Ed Reed and the Madden curse. I'm starting to think that dad DA is falling off a little. My brain just sucks. Cigar smoking dude listening on the Odyssey app about to board a private jet with Pat Boyle's dad. Go to Boulder for the game. Hashtag mile high club. Hashtag stay baked, my friends. Get up! Steven tweets hopefully that book that you promoted today has a chapter about Super Bowl winning coach John Madden for DA to read. You're right. And the hidden pickle says DA listening on the Odyssey app in good old PA. I'm going to make my slop spam, lettuce, onion, pineapple sliders on Sunday. Cook the spam in a skillet. Toasted Hawaiian king rolls. Spam on toasted rolls with lettuce, onion, pineapple, and mayo. Hashtag down the hatch. I don't like cats. Alright, let's get your epic fail of the morning, boys and girls. For the next international road trip, this show is going to
1: Ipiza. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail.
4: Let's meet the British Boyle. This young lad was flying with his lady friend earlier this month to Ibiza, and they decided to start the party on the plane.
0: They are banging one another.
4: So everybody can see the guy standing behind the lady in the middle of doing something very naughty, and he reaches and slams the door closed once again.
0: Bang me, Baylor. There's only one thing they could be doing. The guy is behind the nice lady and and the nice lady is pressed up against that little sink and she is definitely not washing her hands. No. Bone jobs.
3: Uh, police notified? I mean, are we kidding? Is it actually illegal to... Have
0: relations On a plane He's into the next Bush to eat We're going
3: to Ibiza
0: What are we doing We're doing Molly And coke And shrooms there That is true (laughs) Like and you look at the video of this flight, and everyone's like, "Yeah, dude, yeah." yeah they're dude. all holding drinks, and then everybody, and then they all cheer when the door opens up. I mean, this this is like a Spring Break flight. Yes, you come off as a beta, you come off as a loser, dog. And the whole flight is just a bunch of people probably already drinking and drugging and getting ready for a Ibiza.
3: Exactly. You're going to a Ibiza. You're going there for one thing and one thing only. So why not kick it off? Well, a little boot knock. And you know what? It should be illegal to not have sex on the plane if you're going to Ibiza. Full on nude. And if you're going to Ibiza and you're not having sex on the plane going to Ibiza, you're doing it wrong. You should be beat tin.
0: Epic fail, you loser.
1: That is why you fail. Epic fail.
0: Kristen in Buffalo. Good morning guys watching on YouTube. This weekend I'm thinking Cleveland-Pittsburgh in a signature sandwich battle royale for my matchup mashup football food of the week. Hashtag if you didn't kill us last night. Hashtag unkillable.
1: We are unkillable.
0: Carla with a K listening in Idaho on 95.3. I've got no idea what I'm going to be eating on Sunday. I'm looking for ideas on this thread. Hashtag it's Friday. Get Everywhere Evan is listening on SiriusXM, 158 in the Florida Swamp for Detroit's home opener. Going to do some Coney Dogs. Mmm. Detroit chili sauce beats Skyline Chili any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Hashtag brand new Lions.
5: Hey, ho, hey, ho. <laughs>
0: That'll get you fired up. Jeffrey says, yo, DA, check it in from Philly, home of the NFL's most impatient fans on Odyssey. My football food, microwave chicken patties and burger buns because I'm too damn lazy to cook. Hashtag unkillable. Oh, he looks like he drinks Monster and huffs glue. Baltimore Al. Dude, Skyline Chili's the Chef RD of chili. It tastes like you would make the day before you go grocery shopping in college when nothing is left in the house to buy but scraps.
1: Mm-hmm. I like stuffing.
0: Squishy liquid watching on YouTube. A rare work Friday. I can't tell if you were being serious about thinking if this football food of the week is appetizing. Crab and chili? pass. Still haven't made my menu, but that's not it. I'd rather have a skunk in my Hobbit hole.
5: I think you're an idiot.
0: <laughs> skunk in the Hobbit hole. All right. <laughs> that's it's uh, one way to describe it. And finally, PB Boys Pumps. This show's become an absolute joke since Moraz left. Spending two days on stupid tweets and phone calls as you pretend not to know what mad it is. How long are you going to do this? Producing has been spotty at best. Trashing you all. Uh, So just if you want to know how the show works, that's Tuesdays, PB Boys Pumps. Tuesday. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for us this morning here on the DA Show. Thanks to Pat Boyle, executive producer. Thanks to Ryan Botcher on the wheels of steel this week. Nice job. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. And thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Be good. Be good to one another. I'm DA. I will see you on Sunday morning football. The Mothership Disconnects.